But what I'm looking for are committed people ready to completely reimagine what that power looks like whilst also pursuing the power, not hoarding it and not holding it over people. I'm looking for people ready to do this differently. Hello, welcome to another episode of Real You, Real Money. Recording these podcasts is kind of a weird experience because even though I'm talking to a camera, because we put these on YouTube as well, so I'm kind of feel like I'm talking to a person. I'm also aware that I'm talking to in reality at time of recording. I'm talking to no one, but they're kind of a nice time to sit down with myself and like have a chat, just me and the me and my own brain. And sometimes they're quite a therapeutic thing to do. And today is one of those things. I am really looking forward to sharing this stuff for all of your sake. I think what I'm going to share today is really important and I'm going to be as bold as to declare that for some of you, pivotal, 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 like this, for some of you today, you're going to make some decisions about who you are and how you relate to money and the space you want to take up and the kind of money you want to make that you are going to carry forward for a very long time. And today, and you'll understand when we get to the end of the episode, (laughs) today you're going to make some bold declarations around that, that you continue going forward. And so clearly I'm well excited to be sharing that with you all. And also I'm going to be sharing some really personal stuff, some things where I have learned some stuff recently that is really significant, really significant in how I show up in my work, how I relate to my clients. And some of it I've already shared in the, if you go back to the episode where I talk about why we changed the name of the podcast, that kind of distinction, what is now the name of the podcast and the name of my group program as well, Real You, Real Money. I can't tell you the shift that's created in every single element of my work. When I'm coaching people now, I see like I've got brand new glasses on where they are not being themselves and how that is directly impacting their ability to make money. It's clear as day and it's amazing. It's like, it's almost like it's me sat in the chair doing what I always do, but there is an almost out of body experience to it that has come from that clarity. And what I'm going to be talking to you all about today is another layer of that, a deeper layer and a wider layer, I would say, both of those things. There's depth and breadth to it. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was on Friday of last week, I, and I think the timing's really important, towards the end of the day, I sometimes get in these like post-writing like zones and I got into a bit of a post-writing zone and I wrote this post that I actually published on Sunday morning of last week that's like the 11th of September and it was about the ways in which I've been holding back and this is something that has been going on for quite a while I've probably I couldn't tell you specifically where I've mentioned it but it's been so in my head I'm sure I've mentioned it on podcast episodes and it's this constant feeling of like there's a bigger space there is a bigger space for you right You are not taking up your space fully. At the beginning of the year, maybe it was even last year, I had a feeling of being like I was in a doorway 
with my hands like gripped onto the edge of the door frame, almost pushing myself through into this new room, but not wanting to, you know, like really holding back legs on the door frame, arms on the door frame, just really trying to pull myself back because I was scared of whatever that space was. And I had this real kind of, I think I was probably journaling or it was a coaching session, I don't remember. And I had this real moment where I was like, you know what? Just calm down, pull your arms down. We're walking through the door. And I've been doing this long enough to know that when I say something like that, when you or I say something like that, when we say, I remember this when anyone who's on my email list, you'll have got the email about when my marriage and my finances fell apart. At that time, before that happened, I had really been wanting a change. I wanted our circumstances to change. I wanted our I wanted to step into that bigger space, that more me space. And I knew that. What I didn't know, <laughs> what I didn't know was in order to get to that, everything that occurred was going to have to occur. I was going to have to dredge up some things in my life and in my marriage that I didn't know were there and were not going to be very pleasant. And, you know, when I asked for that change, when I called that in, when I said to myself and the universe or whatever, I'm, I'm up for this, I'm ready for this, I didn't know. And if I'd known, would I have done it? And that's always the thing, isn't it? Probably not. And this felt like one of those moments, except now I'm more aware. Not that I know what's going to happen, I don't. But I do know that when I say, I think this is why I resisted it much more heavily. I do know that when I say, all right, come on then let's take a, a step through that door. I know things are going to start to <laughs> um, unravel somewhat. And that's definitely been happening, but it's been in a much more pleasant way than what happened in 2016, I think it was. So stepping into that space, but still not being sure, knowing that it's about, there's more space, there's more space. And I said in the post I wrote, that many of you will have read because it did really well on Instagram. I said, like, I'm pretty honest in my content. I'm very much me. Like, if you if you get on a call with me, I'm very like I am on the podcast. Slightly different version because of the nature of doing a podcast. But certainly if you listen to one of the interview podcasts, like, that's very much what I'm like. I'm not, you know, I'm being me. So the idea of, and I also know I'm someone who takes up space. Like, I am someone who people respond to positively and negatively because of that and so I just kept being like what does that mean what would it mean to take up that space like I don't I can't see it and then I honestly can't remember what I was doing but again I think I was probably journaling I've got back in the habit of journaling most mornings and it's been really helpful so I think I was journaling and I suddenly was like I might have actually been recording a reel and it like just popped into my head or writing a post and I suddenly was like, oh, I know exactly where I'm holding back. I'm holding back on being honest about the size of impact I believe my work can have and I want my work to have. And funny enough, I had been chatting to, I think I'd mentioned something in one of the Plenty calls about Plenty is my money program my specifically like more like intro money program I think I'd mentioned 
something about this revolution idea because it's not a new idea in my work and, I, and you'll I'll tell you a bit about a quote later on it's been around for a really long time this idea of a revolution I think I mentioned something about it and one of the members of the group who knows who she is because I mentioned this to her the other day said something like I want to be in that revolution and it sparked a little thing in me and then when I came to write that post I was like oh I need to own this because the, the next thought that comes when I think of that impact is, really? You? You want to do that? And I could go into the like history of why I feel that way. There is collective trauma there that lots of women feel. There is also very personal things that have happened in my past that have left me feeling like I have ideas above my station that I get too big for my boots, that I have ideas above my station that are never validated as well. Ideas where I, in the past, would have needed, genuinely at the time, needed a man's approval for that thing to come about. And so, of course, it never came about. Because I didn't look right or speak right or have the right attitude to be the sort of person that they were going to put in that sort of position, the position that I wanted. It's why I moved out of any sort of role that requires anyone else's permission. I don't have to worry about that running my own business. Uh, it's my permission I'm looking for. That's hard, hard enough to find. Like it's hard sometimes to give yourself permission, but at least I get to work on my own shit around that and clear it and pursue it and be like a dog with a bone with it until I do give myself that space to do the thing. Whereas when it relies on someone else, I don't know they're ever going to let me. I don't know they're ever going to deal with their nonsense that's getting in the way of me showing up and being my full self. I had this realisation that I wanted to own that. I wanted, and, and I have been feeling increasingly since I had that revelation, the urgency around that and the cost of living stuff that we're seeing the looming recession, the impact of the pandemic, the general shit show of feeling like we're going backwards in terms of people's rights. Like I grew up in the 90s and there was a real sense when Labour in the UK came into power and many of you will be of a similar age and you will remember, you know, Labour coming into power and you know later on much later on that but Obama becoming president there are a number of things and I know Labour didn't pan out how we'd hoped I get that but there were just a number of things where it really felt like a little bit and this was I think no knowing what I know now I realized this was largely something that lots of people felt but I know white people particularly thought that we had dealt with things from our own naivety is probably too kind a word blinkered view of things I realized that but I think I thought and lots of us felt like you know we were making real progress on this and what's going on in the states what's going on in the UK the queen died as I'm recording this the queen died last week there's been so many worrying things in terms of people's freedom of speech and their right to agree or dis or, or disagree more more so with the monarchy and I feel a real urgency around this revolution. I don't think we've got time to funny about. I don't, 
I have all the love and sympathy and kindness and empathy and understanding for the fact that it's not our fault. And I also feel a real sense of urgency around the fact that it is our responsibility. And so, yeah, I'm growing impatient and I can see where I have been complicit in being more concerned with what people will think of me than sometimes telling the inconvenient truth. And now some of you are gonna listen to this and be like, Ray, you always tell me the inconvenient truth, but there's deeper ones, there's more blunt ones. And for good reason, many of us over the last year, we've quietened, or two years, we've quietened ourselves in ways that are not actually helpful to the causes that we care so much about. And I'm going to have somebody on the podcast and I'm going to talk about that with them because I think there's so much to be said, like especially for coaches and people in service businesses, there's the, there's the real risk of cancel culture, right? There's that feeling all the time. But there is also the risk of harming people. What I mean is I've been overly cautious at the expense of telling the truth around the things that I believe people need to know. And that's a real balance for a coach, by the way. There are lots of coaches that believe that we just ask questions, we just pull stuff through, like pull stuff out of people rather than ever offering that kind of opinion. That's never going to be the kind of coach I am. I was on Natalie Miller's podcast. She, you might remember her as a guest on the podcast a few months ago. And I was on her podcast a month or so ago. And she said something, and I'm going to paraphrase what she said, but she, we, she was talking about when we leave money on the table. And we mean when we say we leave money on the table, the whole thing is like, there's a way you could be making money and you're not doing it. But she was saying, the thing is, when we leave money on the table, we are also leaving power on the table. And I am finding myself, as I sit here talking to you all, I can't even list all the ways right now that the world feels like a mess. I know I'm missing things. I haven't mentioned the war in Ukraine. I haven't mentioned abortion rights in the States. And now saw this morning that same-sex marriage and interracial marriage seem to be up for discussion. I'm pausing because I, I am lost for words. I don't think we have time. And I want to create a space where we put all our efforts into loving you and holding you and nurturing through your very understandable concerns, worries, fears, doubts, uncertainties, and we move at the same time. We do not have space or time to create wealth in people who have traditionally been left out of money making. We don't have space to do all our healing and all our transformation and get it all perfect before we act. Our world is breaking. Oh, I did not expect to get quite so emotional as I talked about this. 
So we need that power that we're leaving on the table. Again, I'm going to say it over and over again, while it, why it makes sense that we leave it on that table, because many of us have been harmed by that power. Why would we want to pick it up? It's like a hot sword. It's going to burn us, is our belief. But what I'm looking for are committed people ready to completely reimagine what that power looks like whilst also pursuing the power, but letting it flow through them, not hoarding it, not hoarding it and not holding it over people. I'm looking for people ready to do this differently. And so after I posted that post, I started to think about what a revolution actually looks like in terms of action. And I kept coming back to this Gil Scott Heron quote, which is what I was talking about right at the beginning of the episode. This was something that I had in my business years ago, years ago. And the quote is, the first revolution comes when you change your mind about the way you look at things. And it's it's from the song, The Revolution Will Not Be Televised. And I just always think that the first moment that things change is when we change our mind about how they could be. We change our mind about what's available to us. We change our minds about what things could be like. We change our minds about how possible that is. The very first step is in committing to things being different. It's when we accept that how our brain thinks in this very moment is not how it's always going to think. When we accept that how we think has not always been our choice, that there's many ways, the amount of times I speak to the most amazing, powerful feminist women. And as we talk, they go, oh my God, that is the worst kind of internalized misogyny that I think X, Y, Z. Because, and, and they are not alone in that. These are people who are, who are widely read in feminism. These are people who know this stuff. But that patriarchal thinking is insidious and pervasive, it's like a disease. And it will get into the nooks and crannies of who we are and surprise us. And so the first revolution comes when we go, maybe, maybe this could all be different. And so myself and my right-hand person, Kay, have created what we're calling the money-making pledge. And what I wanted to do is just talk you through the first three, three points, I think. Let's see how we do. You can grab it in the show notes, download it, sign it yourself, print it out, look at it, read each one, really get to grips with it. And what we've put in there is that it's very much something that's a work in progress. You're committing really to furthering your understanding of, e of each concept, each kind of way of being. You're not committing to, yep, got this sorted, tick because I couldn't do that. I couldn't sign <laughs> that pledge and I made it. But it is very much about this part of the whole idea of it is that this is the moment 
the revelation comes, the revolution and the revelation, but the revolution comes when you change your mind about the way you look at things. And so here it's the revolution comes when you commit to changing your mind about the way you look at things. So let's read through, because in many ways, the sort of revolution I'm talking about is oddly mundane as well. I think with everything that's going on, it can be easy to be like, oh my God, Ray, change the world. You can change the world just by having the or embodying the confidence of a middle class white man whilst putting people first it's actually not these big gigantic you don't have to be someone with loads of followers making the most money doing this 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 a lot of this is about show what is showing up as yourself that is that if if all the people listening to this if everybody who downloads this every week did that, that's our revolution. Because the impact of that would be massive. Let's say five people you know, then we're like, oh, they've changed and they were inspired by it. Let's say a hundred people who follow you on social media and then, the, and then they do it and then they do it. It doesn't take as much as we believe it does. And that belief that it takes so much is often what holds us back. It means we don't do it because we don't think it's doable. All right, onto these points. So, like I said, you can download the whole thing for all of them. I'm not gonna go through them all now because there are 12. Obviously I tried to be <laughs> less long-winded, but we know this about me by now, it doesn't happen. So the first one is not gonna surprise you. It says, I will continue to grow in my understanding that how I feel and relate to money is not my fault. In fact, it makes perfect sense considering the society I've grown up in and around. This knowledge is so powerful. If you can really understand that, I can't tell you, for example, the amount of times I hear, I know it's silly, but I just can't up my price. It's not silly. All the time you blame yourself and think it's because it's silly and because you're no good and because you just can't do things properly, you miss all the, I could list you, I could sit here and list probably 10 reasons you've been conditioned to keep your price low. And that in itself keeps us from making more money and leaves that power on the table again. So committing to understanding that, but truly embodying and understanding that your feelings about money, and all I was talking about there was pricing, that's only one aspect of money. So really understanding that this is not your fault is going to free you up from the shame and the internal chat, the anxiety, the worry, the doubt that comes with putting the blame at your feet. As an aside, it's why I want you all to be so careful of the money coaching, the general coaching, the self-development stuff you consume, it's so easy to fall into things that seem empowering on the outside, but actually constantly lay the blame at your feet. So that's number one. Number two, I understand that how I feel and relate to money is my responsibility and commit to rewriting the stories that were handed down to me. And this is the bit I really, really love. I am committed to making daily choices that fly in the face of my conditioning. What would happen? You know, again, we tend to think, right, 
I'm no longer going to be conditioned. I'm changing it today. And instead, it's about making these small decisions. And you might hear that and go, every day though, Ray. Yeah, every day. Because let me give you an example. So I think sometimes when I say something like, every day I want you to make a decision that flies in the face of your conditioning, we, we, because we are so conditioned, the irony, because we're so conditioned by capitalism to see action as doing, we think that's going to be a lot of doing, I'll be knackered. What is one of the biggest things that flies in the face of capitalist conditioning? Rest. A decision you can make that flies in the face of your conditioning is to do less tomorrow, is to have a nap in the middle of the day, is to read that book, is to play that computer game. I'm just listing things I want to do. <laughs> That's one thing. Showing up, putting your face out there on social media, putting your face out there without makeup on, on social media, pricing things in certain ways, offering things in certain ways. But it, it's not necessarily all about doing. If in doubt, if you're like, hey, how did I go in the face of my conditioning today? Ask yourself how much you rested. Ask yourself how much you honored what your body needed that day. Because that's a huge part of this. Number three, I will take up space. I will deepen my understanding that what I have been conditioned to believe is my space may either be far too small for me or just the entirely wrong shape for me or both. I will increasingly understand that as I take up space, it will at times feel uncomfortable and scary. At these times, I'll remind myself that this is all part of the process of expanding the space that has always been mine to take up. I want you all to know that there is a space that fits you and is perfectly you-sized. And that is absolutely available to you, even if you've been told it's not. And that can look so many different ways. It can look like sharing the opinions you've got. It can look like being allowed to be as quiet and thoughtful as you are. It can look like being enormously sociable and it can look like being absolutely not sociable at all, hating being near people. It can look like being loud and quiet, fat and thin, working class and posh, all sorts of different things, a weird combo of all of those things. Something, you know, I am pretty convinced most of us are an unexpected variety of things that when we look at it all together makes perfect sense because we're just these individuals. But because of our conditioning at times, it is really difficult to sit into that space, to, to own that. An example from my world could be, I'm someone who absolutely believes that my space involves making a lot of money. I'm also somebody that will forget to do things regularly. I have never been told that those two things are compatible. I'm somebody who struggles to do things on time. I'm recording this the night before it goes out. <laughs> 
I, you know, I grew up believing that only really together people make money. Only thin people make money. Only people who are less brash than me, less opinionated than me, less funny than me, make money. <laughs> I had a really high opinions of myself, like comedy wise when I was younger, really cracks me up when I think about how funny I thought I was. But yeah, like this is such a big part of this real you. <laughs> <coughs> This is such a big part of this real you makes the real you makes real money stuff is uncovering who that real you is and letting them out, letting them be, letting them be loved, letting them be seen. And it's a journey for sure. Okay. And so if you want to read the rest of them, I, I'm really like tempted to keep going, but I will be here for so long. If you want to get the rest of them, pop to the show notes, download yours, sign it, print it out. Like I said, like I really want you to like read those things and and take them in. Don't just skim read it. I'm terrible for that. Don't just skim read it, like read them out loud, maybe like take them in. Notice how your body responds. Notice when your body goes, oh, fuck no. <laughs> That's just useful information. Great. DM me and let me know which ones you went. Ugh, I hate that one. <laughs> I want to hear it. I want to hear how this is like making you feel as you read this. Like I said, it's, it's like three pages, but it's quite big and there's 12 points in it. It's not a massive read but it is a really important one. Like I said, this episode today, that pledge, if you really do take that on board and you move towards that stuff, it's life-changing. It's absolutely life-changing for so many people. And I'm going to be doing a workshop in the coming weeks about it we'll be announcing that soon if you're on my newsletter you'll get that info if you sign up for the pledge you'll automatically be added with your permission of course to the newsletter so don't worry that you'll miss that I'll also probably talk about it on the podcast but just wanted you all to know that that will be coming we're going to be doing a workshop kind of based on some of that stuff so yeah thank you for listening thank you for being here and for those of you that sign the pledge and commit thank you for doing that too I am so excited for you 